Welcome back, everyone. This is the Author Revolution Podcast, and I'm your host, Carissa Andrews. In this episode, number four, we'll be discussing what life looks like on the post-nano landscape. But first, I want to mention that this episode is sponsored by my free mini course, 14 Writing Hacks for Busy People. If you've been struggling to hit those word count goals this month, this free mini course is just the thing you need to up your game and get your words on the page. And trust me, I don't know about you, but my nano project has come to a bit of a sluggish midsection, so I am definitely using some of the tips and tricks in that mini course. In my nano project, I have lots yet to do. I'm sitting at about 13,000 words and maybe a little bit more actually, and I'm hoping to get a little bit more done. I had a really great start. The middle of this month has just been busy with other projects and Of all the things I've let slide, it's definitely the nano project, and I'm hoping to catch back up with the day of writing dangerously coming up soon. The good news is there is still plenty of time to work on my project, and for me, Secret Legacy is the one that I'm working on right now. It's something that I've already written before, so I'm pulling those information bits in and out, and I'm just kind of recreating the world in the new landscape that I'm kind of putting it in. So it's not as much of a project as if I were writing it from scratch, although I think it does make it a little more complicated, I guess, in my mind, because I know I have to merge elements that were written before with the the new aspects that I want to incorporate this time around. So maybe it's a little bit of a limiting belief that I need to let go of. So we'll see how it goes. I will keep you posted by the end of NaNoWriteMo and let you know if I actually make my goals or if I have to push through into December. It will get done though, because I have an editor ready to do the whole thing, the whole enchilada come January 1st. So not finishing is not an option. Assuming all goes well, I will be joining everyone at the post-nano partying sessions that are go on after nano. And then comes the hard work. Well, okay, maybe not hard work, but a little bit more left brain work after NaNoWriteMo. So for those of you who are just trying out NaNoWriteMo for the first time, you might be thinking about what comes next. Like what process happens? You write the book. Is it good enough? Do you send it off? Do you publish it right at that point of time? And in my experience, there are actually three phases that come after nano, but that's all about the books. And we'll get into those in a minute. But the biggest thing I really want to impress upon you with life after nano is this. Take time to revel in the experience of it. Be proud of the accomplishment because you've done something that not many authors really ever do. And in fact, some don't even try because they're afraid to fail. So even if you didn't quite make your 50,000 word count goal by the end of this month, the fact that you started really means something. And I want you to take some time to think about that for a while. When we sit with our accomplishments and acknowledge them, rather than diving straight into the next big thing, we appreciate them more and they actually sit in our subconscious and help us to create things from a place of joy rather than feeling like we are being pushed forward or pulled forward. And they also settle more into our being and become a part of who we are. And trust me, you want that. This game of being an author isn't one that's a one and done sort of thing. It's an ongoing lifelong lesson if you want it to be. So allow yourself to be proud of this milestone and really Accept the gift that it gives you, which is words on the page. It has given you probably more value in this in the shape of consistency with your writing. Maybe you've met some really cool people along the month. Whatever your journey has been for NanoRitmo this year, I want you to really just acknowledge it and have a little bit of gratitude for your journey and what you have been able to accomplish. Sound good? 
Okay. So take a few days to celebrate and tell the world what you did. Next, though, I'm sure you're thinking about what is it that you really do with this thing? Am I right? Well, there are three phases to the life of your book that comes next. So let's talk about the three phases. The first one is revisions. I'm sorry, as new of an author as you might be, or as new of a pretty shiny book as you have, more than likely that first draft is just not publishable in the sense of going straight from the page that you wrote to being up on Amazon or wherever it is that you're going to publish, regardless of how you publish, actually. So if you indie publish, it definitely needs to have more sets of eyes on it. And if you are going to traditionally publish, you definitely want to have eyes on it to be able to query or to be able to send to agents, whatever the case might be, your publisher if you have one. So revisions are important. And what that requires is a couple of different phases. So you can use things like alpha and beta readers. Those are readers that will come to you or that you go and find, but you send them your manuscript and they are able to deliver feedback to you based on the book that you have. You don't have to comb through your entire book the first time around. Because often when you finish a book, it's too fresh in your mind and you're probably still going to skip or miss out on things that are really blatant that other readers wouldn't miss. So rather than trying to do the self-editing all on your own, you want readers who are able to take a look at it with a fresh set of eyes. So an alpha reader, what they'll do is read it from a reader's perspective. More likely, they are not going to give you the really in-depth feedback that you might be craving, things like, how does my grammar look? How does my character arc seem? They're going to be able to give you broad brushstrokes from a reader's perspective and say, you know, "Eh, it was kind of slow or, hey, it was really good. Or I think you could have used a little bit bigger of a twist. And here's what I think. But they're not probably going to have the words necessarily to be able to tell you what exactly needs to be done. Where on the other hand, a beta reader They have been doing this for a while, most likely, and so they can give you direct feedback on story arc, characterization, grammar, punctuation, if they're good at those things. They're able to give you a little bit more detailed feedback. And then obviously, if you're picking these people, you pick them for the things that maybe you're the weakest at. So if you're not good at grammar and punctuation, try not to pick a beta reader who is also bad at it. Try to pick someone who can actually pick those things out. And if you're new to the whole publication thing, A beta reader, if they're really good, or a number of beta readers, actually, I would recommend, they can act almost as your editors in the beginning before you can really afford to hire an editor and have them comb through your manuscript. In the beginning, that's what I did. I actually had, oh, jeepers, probably about four or five different beta readers, and then about four or five alpha readers who would read my books, go through them let me know anything that they saw. And then I would take all of their feedback and go through each one of them to do my revisions. It sounds like a lot of work and it it is compared to being able to pay one person to go through the manuscript, find what needs to be fixed. But honestly, they're not going to find everything either. I mean, editors are still human and they look at a lot of words. And so sometimes things get slipped up from their perspective as well. So you still want to have some beta readers and alpha readers in your back pocket. But the way that you use them is a little different. So what I would usually do is I send my manuscript to my editor. My editor does the heavy lifting. She cleans everything up, gets it looking great. Then I send it to the beta and alpha readers and they find any of the stragglers for the most part so that it's as clean as humanly possible before I go ahead and put it up for publication. So 
all of those little steps, those little things are just little tweaks to be able to fix things. And obviously, if you have a big plot hole or if you have something that needs a rewrite, that's going to take a little more work than if it's just little small grammar punctuation types of things. Once you get in the habit of things, I guess, you're able to do things a lot quicker because your brain has figured out story arc better. And the better you get at writing it, the easier it flows, the easier your story comes, and the less work has to be done on the developmental side of things. And really, honestly, that also kind of wraps right back around to prep and going back into that zone of making sure you have your outlines, making sure you know your characters, giving a little bit of time and preemptive thought to how you're going to make this story or this entire series flow. So that's really one of the first major steps that's going to happen. And sometimes it can take the longest, to be perfectly honest. Okay, so phase number two is production or publication. And both of those things go hand in hand because in order to publish your book, you have to do the production or post-production side of things. So from a, an indie perspective, which is where I'm going to be talking about in this particular section, because that's where my expertise lies, it really comes down to you need to make sure you have your cover that is genre specific. You need to make sure you have your layout done professionally. I personally recommend using Vellum to be able to format your books, but it does require an Apple computer. So if you don't have an Apple, then it might mean hiring out someone that can use Vellum or hiring out someone that can do layout or having to really take some time and learn Scrivener's formatting. If you write in Scrivener, it is kind of a one-stop shop. I, in the beginning, used Scrivener for all of my formatting and did all of that myself, but it is a lot more putsy. And so, to be perfectly honest, I love Vellum for the simplicity of it and the way that it makes things flow so much easier for me. And I have very little time. So when I don't have to spend three days formatting something versus, you know, two hours maybe getting the entire thing from start to finish done, that's just the way that I'm going to go because two hours is a heck of a lot more manageable for me. But if money is an issue or if the Apple computer thing is an issue, you can do that with Scrivener and it is an, a fabulous program. I write in Scrivener, but I don't format in Scrivener. Other than getting the layout and your cover done, you also want to be thinking about how you're going to be doing your publication. If you were going to put your book up for pre-order, you need to decide when it's going to go out and how that's going to look. You're going to need to know if you're publishing it on Amazon exclusively or if you're going to be trying to go wide, which means going out to all those other fantastic sources to be able to publish your book using a probably a platform like Draft2Digital or Smashwords or even Publish Drive. As a new author, I really recommend going Amazon exclusively, but simply because I have found in my experience, there is no better place. They help you get your books in front of readers. As great as Barnes Noble is, as great as Kobo is, they just don't have the, the back end push that Amazon has. And honestly, the majority of your readers are probably sitting on Amazon anyway. So it comes down to a personal choice. If you really want to feel like your books are out there in the world, then go wide. If you have any kind of moral issue with Amazon being a big box seller or anything like that, go wide or sell exclusively in your local community, whatever the case might be. But with Amazon, if royalties are your biggest concern, if you want your writing to become something that is more than just a hobby, and you want it to be bringing in an income that will grow, 
I have to tell you, after years of doing this, and I've tried a number of times to go wide just to see if it fits in my the genres that I write in or in my industry, and it just doesn't work for me right now. This year, 2019, is one where I did go wide in the hopes of expanding out a little bit further, of going to BookBub and trying to get a deal there, and it just hasn't worked for me. I haven't gotten the BookBub deal, and it's just one of those things that happens because BookBub is such a competitive market to be able to get into that the risk was there to pull everything wide because they do like books to be wide instead. And it just didn't happen. So for me, I am pulling everything back in at the end of this year, and it's all going to go back into Amazon exclusive. So the majority of my books are exclusive to Amazon. There's just one, which is the first book in my Windhaven Witches that's coming out next September that is wide. And the reason for that is very deliberate. I am trying to hit the New York Times or USA Today bestseller list next year. And in order to do that, you need to have your book wide because you have to have sales on multiple outlets. So that's a very deliberate decision and maneuver. That's something that you need to be thinking about in how you're going to publish your books. What way, what is your biggest goal with your books and your publications? Once you have that decision, then it comes down to really going onto that dashboard, let's say it's KDP, and using the Kindle Direct Publishing's dashboard to get everything set up. It is a step-by-step process. You fill in the blank. There are a couple of aspects that may be a little bit confusing, things like categories or keywords, but all of that stuff is figureoutable, guys. Those two things are probably the only two things where I would really recommend doing a little bit of research on how to get that done properly because keywords are very important for the SEO value of your book and being found organically as well as your categories. And categories play an important, very important role in being able to be found because of the fact that you can go into actually 10 different categories, even though it only shows two when you're in the Amazon dashboard. So you want to be thinking, where are all of the best places for people to organically find my book? and look there. But if you get a a program, for instance, like Publisher Rocket, then you have tools in your back pocket that can give you some analytics and some numbers to back up the decisions on what categories, what keywords, because they're telling you these ones are more competitive than others. These ones have very few search functionalities. It goes into so many good details. So Publisher Rocket is the big one that you want to be looking for. If you're looking for KDP keywords, if you're looking for Amazon ad keywords, if you're looking into categories, all of those things they do with Publisher Rocket and it used to be called KDP Rocket. And it's all done by Dave Chesson at Kindlepreneur. And it's a fantastic tool. I use it with every single book that I go and publish. And in fact, when my books don't seem to be ranking as high, I will go back in and take a look at my categories and take a look at my keywords and see if there's anything that I can do to tweak the SEO value of those books and make it better. All those things are things that can be dug in deeper as you go into the publication. It's not necessarily something you need to worry about with your first book if you don't want to get too involved. Once you know more, you do more. And when you can do better, you do. So those are the things that I would recommend with the production and publication side of things. Then you just go ahead and hit publish or you hit pre-order. With a pre-order, you can do it now on Amazon up to a full year. It used to be only 90 days. 
So that's a stellar new addition to the 2019 expose of things that Amazon does for indie authors. So it's pretty awesome to be able to go, okay, now I have my year planned out. Now I can actually get things organized and have my editorial calendar up and running. So that's something really awesome. And I encourage you to take advantage to pre-orders because it gives you a, a longer runway to be able to generate buzz and draw attention to the book. If, however, you're excited and you just want to get it out there and move on to the next project, that is totally your decision. And it does come down to what the next phase really is and how you want to handle your next phase. So phase number three is all about promotion. You need to have some sort of advertising strategy in mind if you want your books to sell well. If your whole goal is just to get your book up and to say that you've published something and it's done, fair enough. I know a lot of authors who really it's more about family and friends and saying, okay, I finished this awesome project and it's up there. But if you're like me, and you probably are if you're listening to this podcast, then you really want to understand how to get your books ranking high, how to have a new release come out and have them already ranking high from that get-go. So you're going to want to put together a promotion strategy before you just go ahead and plunk it out there. I've done both. I have done it where I have written the book. It's finished. I'm excited. I want to get it out there. KDP only had 90 days pre-order anyway. Why bother? So I would go ahead and I would just give myself a week, tell my readers in my reader group, hey, this new book's coming out. Boom, here it is. And it did okay. It did well as long as those readers had read other books. But it doesn't have the same strategy or runway that having a big promotion will have. If you have any kind of planning behind your launch and your new release, you're going to do a heck of a lot better than if you're just going to willy-nilly throw it out there. Plus, you'll be able to keep your books ranking high. So if you have that strategy in mind, you can look forward into the future. If you're in KDP Select, which is the Amazon exclusivity, and your books are in KU, now you have two options available to you every 90 days. You can either put your books in free for five days, or you can have a seven-day Kindle countdown deal where you go at like 99 cents, then it goes up to a buck 99, and then it goes up to 2.99, and then you're at your main price of 3.99 or 4.99, whatever your ebook is priced at. So those two options are available to you every 90 days. And if you have the strategy in place on how you're going to promote your book and how you're going to keep it ranking high, now you have options of places you can go to for cheap or for free to be able to promote. You can do newsletter swaps. You can do bookbub swaps. You could do social media post swaps. You can drop, your, drop a little extra cash into advertising on Facebook or on Amazon ads or on bookbub ads. You have a whole host of things open to you once you have your strategy and your promotion calendar in mind. So I do recommend giving thought to that one once you're done with the, probably the revision side of things and as you're getting your production in place, because you, you want to understand and want to know how to best promote this thing. And even if you don't know the best way to promote it, doing something is still better than nothing. I mean, you're going to, it's that whole concept of, you know, even if you only do one little 20 minute workout, it's still better than the person who is only sitting on the couch, right? So whatever you do, take a step forward with it. Use whatever small step you're aware of in order to make things happen and get your books out there to get your books seen and your books known. And hopefully you understand that as the process continues, so one book is not always going to be 
the thing for you as the process continues and you play your long game of being an indie author, everything will start to compound and you'll reach that max precipice where things really start to blossom and people understand who you are, the types of books you write, and now everything becomes a heck of a lot easier and you don't have to push out the promotion quite so hard. Well, guys, that is really all of the awesome tips that I have about the post-nano landscape. So thank you so much for joining me today. Don't forget that you can look over the show notes or find any links to the things that we talk about or have another listen, actually, if you go to authorrevolution.org forward slash four. And don't forget this episode was sponsored by my free online mini course, 14 Writing Hacks for Busy People. You can get access to it right away by visiting the show notes or dropping by authorrevolution.org. As always, if you like this episode or have any feedback for me, I really would love to have a shout out or a review on iTunes because once I get a few of them, I'm going to do listener shout outs right here on the show so your review can be read live on the air. If you haven't yet subscribed to this podcast, please be sure to click the subscribe button now so new episodes will be downloaded the day they're released. That way you won't miss a thing because I do have a few extra episodes in mind that I might slide in every once in a while and you don't want to miss out on them. Next week's talk should be pretty interesting for those of you who are done with NaNoWriteMo and wondering if your book is going to be the next J.K. Rowling Harry Potter series. And I'll be talking about the harsh truth of why writing one novel likely won't make you a huge profit as an author, at least not yet, and what exactly you need to do to make sure that you're profitable in the future. All right, guys, until next time, have a great day. This podcast episode has been brought to you by four amazing people, Daphne Garrison, Tammy Tyree, Quinn Ward, and Scarlett Braden who are Author Revolution Podcast Patreon supporters. If you'd like to learn more about becoming a patron, head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash Patreon to find out what the awesome membership levels are and what you end up getting. The Author Revolution Podcast is here to provide tips, tricks, and tools for embracing a prolific author mindset and making your dreams of becoming a full-time author a reality. In order to continue providing the quality content you've come to know and love, I would appreciate your support. As a one-woman show, the podcast takes a lot of time away from other tasks like writing. (laughs) Plus, your support also makes this mompreneur's heart smile. Head over to authorrevolution.org forward slash Patreon.